right, guys. Welcome to a special edition of the Aftermath Podcast. You got me, James, sitting next to Professor Andrew. To his left, we have the Luke Backus. To my right, we are joined by John Jasper. This young man is going to tell us a little bit about what it is to compete at his level. All right, we're going to be talking about competition prep tonight. So, with no further ado, let's get this thing started. So, when we're talking about competition prep, the reason we're starting with you, Luke is our in-house champ. Um, tell us, what are some of the things you look at and, and things you do to get ready? Um, let's talk physically, mentally, okay. and also a little bit about your diet. Okay. Uh, physically... I think you kind of have to – I like to back plan off the date of when the competition is. So so let's say eight weeks out. That's probably like how I normally think about the time frame of a competition, sometimes 12, but um, eight's, eight's pretty generic, and that works well for most people. Um, from there, I, I kind of try to get as much volume in in the beginning of the first few weeks as possible. And by volume, I mean just the amount of time on the mat that I'm spending, whether it's the amount of days or the amount of hours or even just the amount of reps within within like a given session. So the first four weeks, I kind of try to load up how much I'm doing. Uh, I try to take not a week off, but a week where I, it's almost like periodization stuff they talk about in weightlifting and things like that, where I'll come down for a week and maybe I only do two, three, four sessions, depending on how I feel. The week five and six, I'll ramp it back up again. And then week seven, I'll dial it down to like almost nothing where I'm just doing like drilling and speed work and things like that and timing, getting my timing down good. And then by the eighth week, I usually feel real fresh. I've been doing that for the past year or so, year and a half, and uh, I've always felt great on competition day. So physically, I think that's how I, when, when you ask about competition prep, like that's how my brain thinks about uh, what I'm doing. And then what was the other one? So uh, mentally, mentally, uh, I kind of feel like I have to break it up in a few parts. Like one is the day of competition, maybe even the, the week out. Um, how I'm preparing my, my, my mind for what's about to happen and, and to, to limit distractions and to stay focused on what, I'm, what the, you know, the task at hand. Um, so that week, I'm, I'm kind of almost like dialing, dialing it into the point where I'm not as playful. Um, I'm, I'm focused on you know, my opponent and, and, and things like that. And then the morning of is, is where you try to be um, as confident as possible, regardless of where you're at skill set wise or what you worked on. That morning, you have to know that you're the absolute best person in your division that's going to step on the mat and your body will follow. Um, I like that. I like that. So mentally, for sure, that's, that's how I think of it. Um, in the beginning of the eight weeks, though, I almost say uh, – Mike Tyson had a quote. He said um, – when I'm training, I'm. Uh, I think he said something along the lines of, "I'm I'm terrified, but I'm at the same time supremely confident." So, like, I would when I, in the beginning of the eight weeks, I f- I feel like I train scared, like I train like I'm gonna you know compete against King Kong, you know. But as the eight weeks go on and your skills build and your confidence grows, uh, that wanes, and then you become super super confident uh, the closer it gets to the match, and then that comes through skills. Like, the more skills you acquire, the more confident you're going to be is the bottom line. Um, and then the last thing was diet. This I feel like this one's, like, super subjective, and it depends on the person. Uh, I've always just listened to my body with, with food. Um, I'm allergic to milk, so that limits a lot of things like cheese and dairy and, you know, all basically milk oh, products sucks. and stuff like that. I feel it, so sorry for you. Yeah, yeah. I've been that way since I was a small kid, so I don't really know the difference, but... It really makes eating clean like kind of easy because most desserts are off limits, so I never really had to worry about that. And then in terms of 
proteins, fats, and carbs. I kind of just make sure every meal has a little bit of each. Uh, I eat when I'm hungry. Um, and if I'm training more, I eat more. And that's kind of really the bottom line. And I try not to let my weight fluctuate plus two or three pounds, uh, high or low. If I start to drop, I eat more. And if I start to get too heavy, I eat less. So I don't try to overthink the food part too much. All right, makes sense. Also, tell them how old you are, the division you compete in. Yep, I'm 36. I compete in Masters 2 in IBJJF. I'll I'll compete adult at, like, local tournaments and stuff because I think you get more volume of of, of people you're going to compete against because there's not a ton of Masters competitors locally, but uh, there's usually adults. And they give you a different look speed-wise and stuff like that, too, so I try to mix it up. So you get more reps. All right, so Professor Andrews, same question. All right. Um, I know your prep's a little bit different. You've been training a little bit longer, so. Yeah, when I was a color belt in my sorry, when I was a color belt, and my priority was training for myself, and I didn't have full time teaching duties. I was a lot more like Mike Luke and and making sure I got volume and you know conditioning on the side. You know, a certain amount of sessions every week. That shifted a lot when I took over. You know, primarily instructor responsibilities as well. So I got to kind of balance my training time with the time I'm on the mat. I'm on the mat every day, so it's not ever a matter of being in shape because, you know, I'm always training. I'm always fighting for my life because everyone here is, you know, kind of uses their coaches and measuring sticks. So when they roll them, they're always coming after them. Yes. It's rare I'm ever not, you know, you know, having to resist someone who's going 100% with me. Um, from a diet standpoint, that's probably where I'm terrible at it because, you know, usually I'll drink alcohol and eat all kinds of, you know, food I shouldn't eat. Unlike Luke here is very regimented. I'm always cutting weight the morning of sometimes, running around. And uh, I've noticed I rarely ever feel good <laughs> on tournament day, whether I sleep like crap or just feel like, you know, tar from having to cut weight. Even at Pan, I was going out cramping in my first match, you know, because I, I I'm not great at managing my weight. Uh, I also have a, a, ki- a kidney problem genetically. Okay. So when I'm trying to balance my electrolytes in water, there's been times in camp where, you know, my, my water weight will go through the ceiling. And I just can't do anything about it. And when I try and cut, like, I've had issues stop sweating and things like that. So a lot different for me, I notice when um, I use a little less caffeine and drink a little less alcohol, I'm able to manage that a little better. Okay. Uh, and then aside from drinking just water, which has been something I've done before, <clears throat> I try to make sure I always balance and get electrolytes because that's a problem I have. Uh, like him, I eat a lot of carbs and protein. Um, over the years, I've, I've been taught that red meat was a – was a poison and in excess it is, but getting a little bit is also good. Uh, so, you know, balanced fruits, vegetables, uh, cutting out the drinking is something I've gotten better at. And then uh, whether I feel great or not, I always fight King Kong because I'm in Master 1 black belt, super heavyweight. Go. I just went up to Master 2, so all the same guys are bouncing with me. And if you put it in perspective, some of them have been black belts, you know, 10 and 12 years where I'm just hitting the, you know, you know four-year mark. Uh, for myself, so I'm always getting a seminar and a learning experience, but never uh, shy away from a good battle. That's for sure. Exactly, and you always represent well. Yeah, and, um, you always look good. Later, you always look good. Later in, in um, the podcast, we'll go back to that because a lot of people kind of they don't understand what it is when you're a black belt. Mm-hmm. Whether when you're a black belt in a master's division, people don't understand. You may get a guy that's been there a year, or someone who's been a black belt for ten to twelve years, right? That it the black belt division is a different animal, and, and we'll talk about yeah. that a, a little bit later. Um, one of the things I do know, um, I didn't know about the kidney problem, but I do. I've also had the pleasure of watching him over the years, and I've watched you fine tune and get better about your approach and your attack system 
um, with the prep. Um, so yeah, yeah, when especially when I start managing the weight, I do it way more out. Like Luke starts at eight weeks, I make sure during that window I start to clean up the things I'm eating, make sure I'm focusing heavily on hydration, because if I do have to sweat it out because I floated some water weight, usually in travel or just the off day or two days where I'm off and still putting food in, trying to keep my energy up. You know, I've noticed that it's it's gone a lot better for me when I've been able to eat up until the day before and I, I worry about it morning of. And again, as long as I'm a little more diligent and intelligent about the choices I make, I usually don't have the problems I did last year with where I had to drop from the open because I was still four pounds over and wasn't sweating anymore. So uh, with the kidney thing, it's, it's weird for me because my, my nitrogen was elevated, and most athletes are, like yeah. when, they, when they test your levels and that, but mine was pretty decently high, so I don't flush things as well. Um, my body, when I start to drop water, will instantly hold things. I'll stop urinating, so it's it's tough to manage that, but I've gotten better at it for sure. All right, cool. And <clears throat> the other thing he alluded to when he talks about the amount of students, um, and there are some other instructors that have similar, but not that many in this area. How many students are you managing? <sighs> Private students, <laughs> yeah, probably upwards of twenty or thirty. Yeah. Um, on the mat students, between our kids and adult programs, there's well over 250 in just the jiu-jitsu. Just jiu-jitsu, not even the boxing and all the other programs which I you know, oversee and make sure the coaching staff is, is set in those places as well. So well over 300 people rely on me to, to manage their daily training and experience within the academy. Exactly. So the reason I wanted to allude to that, because if you're new to the, cl- uh, to the podcast and you're listening, we're talking about Henzo Gracia Clark, so I'm doing this for Micah. All right, we are the premier Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in combat sports and wellness. We have well over 390 members. That's for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, judo, boxing and Muay Thai, and strength and conditioning. All right. So if you're in the Clarks from Montgomery County area, you may want to come by and check us out. The first three are on me. Come in, try it out, see if you can find your focus, and we'll be more than happy to get you in front of one of our professional coaches and get you squared away. All right. Are you, Micah, did I, I did that? Look at that. Check that out. I'm getting better at this. All right. Now we're going to turn the attention to Jasper, my peer and cohort. Jasper, tell them who you are, the division you're in, and your approach to competing. Uh, my name is John Jasper. I'm... 54. I will turn 55 uh, this month, actually, in a couple weeks. So I'm a uh, Master 5 blue belt. (laughs) I got to jujitsu very late in life. So I've been training uh, two and a half years-ish, somewhere in that that area. Uh, Started just thinking self-defense wise and then found something that I absolutely love uh, and, and going from there. And initially, I just wanted to do it as a hobby. Uh, But then professors here both of them saw some saw a capability of me to compete especially at my age and my uh, ability level and stuff like that that they thought I could do I, I had a, a potential to do well so they uh, they didn't force me and that is that's one of the beautiful things with uh, uh, professor Andrew and also with professor uh, James here is they will never force anybody to compete but they they built they planted that seed and they watered it and they watered it and they let it grow and they nutrient you know they put the nutrition there um as far as my comp prep and mental state my mental state is probably the biggest thing that goes along with it 
Um, but the comp prep time, I am as far away from Luke as you can get. Uh, I am on the other end of the spectrum. I truly am. Everybody's different. Uh, I, when I train and I start thinking, but I train this all the time, is I just train positionally. If I'm in this position, what are the four or five things that I want to work on uh, from that position? Where, where can I go? What can I do? Um, the, the privates with Professor Andrew have, have helped immensely of, of broadening my techniques and refining those techniques from those, from those areas. Uh, but I'd like to train five to six times a week. Uh, and at my age, I really only go hard maybe twice. Uh, we have comp day on Friday that I make. At, um, usually I make it twice a month. And then on our Wednesday nights is the one I make for sure, which is a lot of the competition team, which is just a smash session. Uh, for me at my age and my ability level, I'm going against blue belts like Luke or purple belt now who are, you know, 15, 20 years younger than me. So it's, it's really a defensive training night for me. And that's how I look at it. Hey, I'm training defense this night. Uh, on my Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm looking at, okay, I'm training offense. And, I, and I'll train my grab my training partners appropriately like if i grab carl i'm working on defense carl's one of our he's one of our everyone brown is working on he's defense with carl. protect your face yeah but i i train defense you know and with you guys i'm training defense and then i'll go to our three and four stripe white belts and now I know, i'm training good offense uh, against somebody who really knows how to defend themselves to a a, a good level they're not perfect by any means uh, but it allows me to work on my offense. And then I usually take a private lesson two, every two weeks, three weeks uh, w with that going. So I stay in that. And I don't train differently eight weeks out, four weeks out, two weeks out. The week prior, I go slower just because I want to make sure my body's fresh at my age. I will take everything really at a drilling pace that week prior is, is all I'm looking at. Um, uh, mentally, I am very, I have fun. For me, this is, I, I feel blessed and it's a joy for me to be able to do what I can do at the age that I'm at. Um, I, it's a true blessing uh, to be able to go out and do that kind of stuff. The uh, Mentally, though, I'm, I'm lack, not lackadaisical, but I'm, I'm like, I don't want to put too much pressure on it. I don't want to put, I just want to have fun with it, fun with it. But about two to three days prior is when I start mentally flipping my switch to I'm going to, you know, I really want to beat this guy. I really want to win. And I'm really focused on, on uh, making sure my tech, you know, just my mind is right at that point. Uh, so for me, it's just a couple days prior, definitely the day prior or the day of. Uh, that day of, I am, I'm ready to go. I'm, uh, you'll see me pacing popping knees back and forth just you know having a hard time sitting down because i'm so ready to go and, and get started at it and now food wise i'm lucky i <laughs> i compete at 208 uh i got a three and a half pound ghee and i walk every day regardless of what i eat at 200 pounds so i've got a four pound buffer and if i if i really wanted to i could probably cut down a division but for me, it's not worth it at my age. I, I really want to just be healthy and, and be able to train five or six days a week. And if I feel if I cut, I would start getting injuries or losing the, the ability to have that intensity. Good deal. 
Jasper Secret Foods are breakfast cereal and Coke Zero. <laughs> so he is the opposite of Luke. One thing I'm going to harp on him about for a minute, and it's phenomenal, is he didn't allude to the fact of how studious he is on being diligent with pairing together what I like to call the psychomotor domain and the cognitive domain of learning. So that's what he's physically doing with his body, with being studious about the why, right? So every time I do a private with John, there's always an extra five or ten minutes at the end where he has me film it all over again so he doesn't forget it. So he can always, you know, go back to it. He's taking notes. He's writing down things about the technique that he gets in the class, which I advocate for anybody to do, you know. Being a student requires you to pair the mind because jiu-jitsu technique and, and skill and prowess is built on, you know, what you know, not on what you're doing, right? It, it's putting it together but you have to start with having that knowledge base first so John does a phenomenal job of of putting that together and in the two and a half years he's been training has you know really achieved a remarkable level for sure yes. thank you I yeah. appreciate that um mind body connection um we're um from Professor Andrew myself as well when I'm when I'm instructing really big on making a mind-body connection with via your drilling and everything else the more you drill the easier that mind and body connection comes i also am master five yeah uh, and Old 54 much like jasper um but i won't be 55 until september um i guess getting a little bit more transparent um much like um, professor andrew was uh last year came in had dropped some weight had some things going on was a bad student, listen to me, bad student, um, went out to compete, didn't tell my coach how I was feeling or the fog or everything that was going on. Um, don't like to make excuses, so that was one reason I didn't speak, but once again, if you don't open your mouth, people can't help you. Uh, so I failed in that aspect. Um, had dropped a considerable amount of weight. We went down to Worlds, and I dropped, what, another five, 10 pounds while we were there. Mm -hmm. um, was on blood pressure medications that were assigned to me when I was 230 pounds and now I was walking around about 165. Um, if you don't know what um, hypotension will do to you, one, it makes you very dizzy, lightheaded. It also makes it hard for you to think and make good judgments and a lot of things that go along with it. So when in the competition with all that stuff going on, not wanting to say anything to anybody um, and trying to compete, did not work well for me. Um, so one, if you got issues, talk to someone, get that fixed. Since getting that done and fixed, um, my prep, my day-to-day, -day, uh, Andrew and I were actually talking about this today. Most people don't realize <laughs> we're here seven days, right? Even when you take a day off, for some reason or another, we end up being here for maybe two to three hours. The two of us, and he, I, I can know because I see him, he sees me. We do a minimum of two training sessions per day, all right? The only difference is he's a little bit younger than I am. I am 54. Uh, we do the two-a-days. He's working out. I kind of stopped on the working out, um, drinking the fluids and everything else. Um, not as a prep. You can't teach and then be in another class, and then I try to make sure I hit the competition classes if not the Wednesday night, the Friday night, and sometimes both, especially with a big competition coming up um, with what we want to do. So we're training. Um, and once again, as coaches and people are like, hey, get over there, and they do come for us, so we have to work. So that's part of, of, of where we're at. So 
when I'm there, it's the drill session, but it's also defensive. There's some people that I like when I'm rolling with Professor Andrew and Luke and some of these other guys. I'm working pure defense. I'm attacking, but I know that at some point I got to go into a defensive shell. Um, with the weight loss that I've had, I'm right now currently underweight, so I can kind of eat and enjoy what uh, Jasper and I are a little brown drink and um, some cigars. But once again, that's just because of where I'm at. But this week, been consistent. Got my two a days. Tomorrow I'll do the the breakfast class, and I'll be here um, tonight for the Friday competition class. Um, Saturday I'll kind of taper off, get my drills in on during the open mat. Um, then next week we'll kind of float through. What I tell everyone, if you're doing a competition and you think you want to win, then you need to have your coach or somebody you're working with working on specifics. Everyone at this table, with the exception of Professor Andrew, we're all going to him. We're getting our privates. We're getting the, the knowledge we need to make better mind-body connections so that we can get there. Um, now the thing I will tell you that I'm big on is recovery. All right, so I'm wearing my hoses, um, on compression hoses on my legs. I'm going to get a massage tomorrow. Um, I do uh, not so much an ice bath, but I'll take a cold shower at least two to three times a week. And I'm talking about just straight cold, sitting in there for as long as I can, dealing with it, and then coming out just so I can kind of help my body uh, rehab and get there. Um, and that's part of the prep. The mental prep for me is... I tried to start filtering things out, like this week. Um, he's responsible for all the students. I'm responsible for the admin for this place, and it can be a beast. He <laughs> <laughs> So what I'll start to do is um, I call it closing the drapes. So as it gets darker at night, I just start sh shutting stuff down. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. If people are... Hey, and for everyone who's listening, your coaches, even though we're here for you, um, our office hours are 9 to 5. 9 to 5. After that, allow your coach to have some downtime. All right? Yes, we love you. We care about you. But just like you, we need to decompress and um, then be able to focus on other matters, especially if you got a coach that's competing. All right? It may sound like, coach, we're not whining, but... When you're responsible for 300 other bodies, then you have to go home and take care of your family and your children, as well as your own mental health. And you're getting text messages and phone calls at 7 and 8 and 9 o'clock. And then you're like, well, coach was short with me. He should be. Okay? Um, it's a respect thing. If we're not reaching out to you at 9, don't you know reciprocate. You can catch us during all stuff times. So I'm saying that um, not just for us, but for every coach whatever the sport is that's out there if you really love them give them that respect so that they can give you their better self all right does that kind of make sense 100 percent. and then he loses what we have to manage that it would be impossible with just the two of us like we have an enormous amount of highly skilled and absolutely uh wonderful people who donate a lot of their time whether they're on staff or you know whatever helping with the kids program and the, and the wrestling and all that so this place is a big ship that runs on probably, you know, 30, 35 or 40 people's back, not just ours. So we're exactly. very, very blessed to have that. But, yeah, like, it's it's tough to wind down. I'm here actually usually seven hours a day on Sunday. So I have a 15-hour weekend that I'm in the gym, and then every day of the week, whether I'm running classes or filling in for somebody. So, yeah, definitely uh, if I'm trying to go to the bathroom between classes, just let me get there, you know. <laughs> just one time. Just, just one, one time. time. Now. 
I'm finna mess with Jasper a little bit. So, young man. Yeah. And then I'm going to turn the spotlight on all three of these guys. Tell us a little bit about your accolades. What have you done in the last twenty, uh, last 12 months, Jasper? Uh, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, Worlds was uh, kind of my biggest competition last September. Um, that's kind of what Professor Andrew set me up for, to go down there compete. And, and even like Luke, Luke is uh, he's a huge positive as far as, you know, hey, you've got talent. You can do this. You, you're going to do well. Um, uh, we went down to Worlds and uh, won two out of three, lost the championship match by basically two advantages and, and uh, 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 almost had the sweep, but that is what it is. Uh, tried to out-wrestle a wrestler, wrestling, actually a wrestling coach, uh, and uh, it just didn't work out. And you but, almost did. You yeah. almost did, did though. Great. But that was fun. It was, uh, and it really changed it really gave me confidence in, in the things we do. Um, uh, went down to, we competed in the fall, uh, Nashville, finished second in the open there. Um, nobody in my bracket. It's hard in most of these to find competition at my level. Uh, so like in my bracket, it was, a, a, we call it a walk. There's nobody there, uh, but it gets you into the open competition. Uh, went down to Pans which is one of the majors and this is honestly my pans competition was uh kind of disappointing for me because there was supposed to be two other guys in my bracket and out of all the master five people the only two no-shows were in my bracket so i i didn't get to compete in my bracket um so we got into the open uh felt good felt great um but i uh, had a rib injury with like three seconds left i Popped a rib really bad, so uh, didn't didn't medal in the open section, but is competing. It's awesome. I I didn't know I'd be so addicted to it, but I I truly am. Even on our like smash nights, I am competing as hard as I can against the 32 year olds, uh, which a lot of you will say, man, 32 is old until you get to be about 54, and then you're like, man, I wish there's exactly. <laughs> I wish it was down there with those guys again. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's awesome. It was a good year. It's been a been a good year, and again, I owe it to all my teammates and coaches um, because they give me the ability to train. They push me in the right direction. All of our purple and brown belts are there helping, uh, making sure I've got the knowledge and that kind of stuff. So thank you guys for making making my jujitsu year pretty damn good. Uh, you pretty made, impressive. Hey, we were. It was a privilege for me to watch. Oh, thank so you. So I was inspired watching you. Luke, same question. Jasper's the man. Jasper's very skilled. Um, he's going to win a lot more <laughs> in the next couple 100%. months. A lot more. Exactly. Um, so I think that the first major I won was Pans last year. I got gold at Pans. Um, that was, I felt like that kind of like broke the little ceiling for me. Um, a small backstory on that actually, and I guess what made me want to do it, what made me want to compete in general was when we were at the old place. Yeah. It was my first couple of weeks there. And it might have been actually my first or second time on the mat there. I remember Michelin was there and a couple other people I recognized, but they mentioned Pans. They mentioned IBJ. I have no clue what they're talking about. Coming from like an MMA background, I had no idea. Just put on the gi for the first time that day, two days prior maybe. And uh, they said, isn't Pan Am's going on right now? And they were like, yeah, and they were talking about it. And, and then I said, is anybody here there? And they, uh, at the time, there wasn't. And then it, um, they said, ah, no one, would, no one would go there. Everybody there would 
they, you know, they would kill you. And they said that they, I met one of the guys said that to me, he goes, ah, you don't bother with that. And the first, best way to get me to do something is tell me I can't. <laughs> uh, so that I felt like that was a kind of a key moment to start working towards a goal. Like that formulated a goal for me. And then six months later, I uh, got third in my division at Master Worlds and then won the Open. Um, so that was fun. Uh, did, a, did a bunch of the ones in between uh, Indianapolis. Andrew and I were up there. Uh, a couple of the Nashvilles. I think there was two a year. There's usually about two a year. Uh, one Atlanta. Um, Austin. One Austin. Uh, there was a couple other ones. And then... Uh, then did Euros in Paris a couple months ago and got double gold there. Um, then got promoted uh, to Purple Belt and then took second at Pans recently. And then we have uh, Nashville coming up next week, so that'll be that'll be a first kind of regular open tournament at Purple. So, or no, actually I'm lying. I won uh, I won Tampa recently and then um, didn't do as well at Memphis, but I was still there. I drove up there and, and uh, I think. Yeah, I think I went one and one or zero oh and one or something like that. Um, and then uh, Brasileiros, I'm doing Brasileiros in Sao Paulo, so that'll be two weeks from now. So East. it works out perfect that Nashville is is where it's at because that'll be like the last tune-up before Brasileiros. So, and that was another thing was uh, a year or so ago I asked, you know, we did all the other three majors. So how many majors are there's four majors? And then uh, what's the other what's the other one? You know, Brasileiros. Should we bother doing that? Ah, no one goes down there. You're just gonna get killed. So same same thing, and uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, I'm excited either way. I'm excited for you, man. I'm I very can't excited wait to for see you. what happens. All right, you know as you me. Oh God, accolades, student or coach? Both. I uh, like that. Both. Student. So as an instructor, I, I tell them like, hey, my my measure of my performance has nothing to do with how well I do in a competition, but and it's reflected in my students and. These two are, are, are proof of that pudding, you know. Got this guy's little under three years of gi training and Jasper at two and a half, and they're both, you know, going toe-to-toe with the best in the world at blue and purple belt. Uh, myself, I started really heavily competing, ooh, probably 2014 at the Chicago Open. So nine years ago, uh, purple belt, I jumped in that division, and those seven-minute matches hurt, man. I wasn't in any kind of shape. I cut like 20 pounds and did it unsafely. Damn. So I went on the match and fought a buddy of mine, Sam Ferguson, and he wrecked my shit. It was a rough day. Uh, cardio wasn't there. Self-esteem was even worse. But I was like, all right, if I'm going to get better at this, i got to keep doing it. Like, and that's something I tell everybody else is you have to have regularity with competition. Uh, champions ain't built over one or two tournaments. It took Luke you know, a mm-hmm. season of getting beat at the local level playing mm-hmm. lasso card because mm-hmm. he had no idea what he was doing, but he was willing to go out of his comfort zone and just learn. And, and lost and my first pants, too. My I got gosh, my first pants, Yeah, too. like, didn't have a good performance at all, but, hey, I'm not going to let this derail me. I'm going to keep doing the right things. I'm going to keep, you know, building on the, on the technique, and now he's world champion, pan champion, European champion, double gold there, you know, like, uh, he was the number one ranked blue belt in the world, period, overall, more points than everyone else, even the adult division. Which Blake Brown, our buddy from uh, Triangle, had that one unlocked. So by the time I promoted him, he had you know done everything he possibly could as a blue belt. So uh, while it was fast by time timeline by the IBJJF, he went out and fought the number one purple belt in the world and, and lost two tight matches to that dude this year at Pan. So he's right there. That ceiling is going to keep going up. Who knows where it is with him? Um, but yeah, for me, is my own success. I fought the adult brown belt division. 
mostly Master 1. Um, and then as far as majors go, I uh, got bronze at, or silver at European. Uh, didn't give awesome. a point up, but uh, lost a ref decision. That would have been 20, 2019, the year I earned my black belt. And then uh, I got bronze at Pans last year, winning a tough match over a guy, Tyler Murray, from Oklahoma City. Uh, I'll be honest, I was getting worked, but I got lucky and found a foot and was able to score on it, rolling out of bounds. So I picked myself up off the mat, threw up, ran over the side and realized I was sick. Like I did not do the open that day because I felt like such trash. But that was what I was really like, I got to do better at managing the weight so I'm not like killing myself just to make it on the day of. Um, but yeah, man, every, every single tournament I sign up, I get closer and closer. I did the math and look back. Every time I lose at a major event, the guy that beats me makes the final or wins it. So, yeah. and it's yeah, never yeah. it's Always never there. big L's like they're uh, like this one. I lost by two advantages to this guy uh, that made the final at Pan this year. So I'm like, I'm right in it. I think if I could find a way to mosey down one more weight division, I'd be perfect at home. But again, with these shitty kidneys, it's it's hard to navigate that. So we'll see what the summer has in store. All right. So. All right, so we've talked about all that. I'm working on mine. What about so, you? <laughs> what about What me? about your last year? Uh, my last year was difficult, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Like I said, trying to, and, and, you know, as an older grappler, you can kind of relate. Between trying to figure out what was going on with the physical, I've, I've never said this to anybody other than Andrew. I thought I had dementia. I didn't know what was going on. Like like I said, I was always in a fog mentally, didn't know what was going on with me, was dropping weight. I got tested for cancer. Uh, had to do several cancer screens. I spent six months going back and forth from doctors trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And once again, like I said, I didn't want to tell anybody because I'm like, one, I didn't want to claim that I had cancer. Two, I didn't want to tell nobody I may have dementia. So it was hard. but training, showing up to go compete and giving what I had. Um, got the meds regulated and this is crazy. So kind of like him when I, so from blue belt up, I've always, I got a gold is blue belt, gold is a purple, gold is a brown belt. And then it just started to, and then also the weight. So I went from competing as a heavyweight down to medium heavy, got down to middleweight and now I'm competing as a lightweight. All right, so that's kind of insane as it goes. Um, went to Memphis with Luke and them. Um, you know, was okay. Took a silver and a bronze, and I felt more excited about those silver and bronze medals than any of the previous golds. Because kind of like I said with, with he and I, when you're competing in a black belt division, yeah, and they don't mind telling you their resume. <laughs> like, like you're fighting this guy, and he finishes and goes, oh, you did it good. I've been a black belt for 14 years, competing at this. I've won 13 majors. I've done yeah, this. He's not lying. Like, and, I'm, and, like, seriously, and you're sitting there like, and at first you're like, well, fuck. But then I'm like, bro, you only beat me by two points. Yeah. It, he highlighted, you know, the difference in the adult and master division. It's like, I remember my black belt debut was against, and I told Luke about him. Like, I scared the hell out of me. He come in, he's 6'5", shakes everybody's hand, come in the bullpen, third-degree black belt. And he had two-time pan world champion already before that, so I'm, this is my debut. I'm fighting an ultra heavyweight. I got no business being there. And, uh, dude, jumps guard on me, wraps me up, and I, I got pretzeled that day. It was, a, it was a free seminar. And I'm like, dude, these guys are monsters. And every time I think I I've barely ever get new black belts, they're always 
really seasoned guys who've been fighting at the highest level for five and ten years at a time. But also, I relish that. You know, that's, that's cool. It means I, I, I get to measure myself against the best guys every single time. And whether I win or learn, you know, I can bring back something, you know, that maybe I hadn't seen before to, to share with the students as well. So it's always a good experience. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and that's why I said that, that silver and a bronze mean more to me. Like, the, the guy I beat, after I beat him, he's like, yo, man, I, I won pans. I'm like, well... I beat your ass. I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, uh, if, I, if, if, I can, if I can add to that, what you guys do, um, and I've said this before, and I've told you guys this before, but to me, it's very important to watch you guys compete. Regardless of outcomes, you don't ask anything more from us than what you're willing to put out there and try yourselves. And I think that is one of the great things about being here at Enzo is we don't get coaches who sit back and, like, I'm the black belt and hide in the corner. You guys are, hey, I want you to compete at Worlds. I'm going to Worlds with you. I want you to compete at Pans. I'm going to go to Pans with you. And it doesn't matter who you're going to be up against. You're going to go out there, give it your all. You're going to cut the weight. You're going to put in the effort weeks prior, um, which – again speaks volumes to i think the the competitors in in your in your academy here of of what we've got going and and what's available thank i appreciate you. it thank you both well we appreciate you um and it's kind of fun like i said the school is oh and um and Luke kind of talked about it. So when he says Michelin and then there's Luke and a couple other people Kenry I'm talking about the old guard like when this school was only 30 to 60 students um what do we is, have over there well how many were in that little building over there um was telling people we had 150 we only 150? had 75 students 75 all right so i was speaking in an existence till we got here uh but like i said like with with those guys same deal if if josh and michelin were like hey we're going to chicago all right let's go to chicago um, Kenry, hey man, I'm I want to go to Memphis. Okay, we're gonna go to Memphis. Just kind of even I didn't have to say it to him. He embodied it. I'm like, if I got a student and they want to compete, they need to have one of us there. Um, and that's kind of a unspoken agreement. If he's somewhere, then I drop what I'm doing and I go. Like we make sure that one of us is there with our students wherever wherever they are to try to support. Um, just so they can, you know, they can turn around and see a face and know, hey, I, I'm not doing anything the coach wasn't doing. And that's just it. That's also in on the day-to-day. I never ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do or you haven't seen me do. Uh, and that's just a old-school trait from the way I was brought up um, as a leader. And I think in your school, wherever you train, you need to identify those leaders. And it's not always the coaches. Um Professor Andrew alluded it to it. It's not just us. We got 35 strong people. Like, when I'm looking left and right, Luke, Jasper, and, a, uh, like, we can go down the line. Jason, Musa, Travis, Val. It's a number of guys that you could get with that will help you grow, but also help us keep this thing moving, right? So there's integral pieces uh, to keep it happening. But at any given time, if somebody wants to compete, somebody's going to be there um, to support them whether it's yelling or coaching or whatever else. Um, so we're going to wrap this thing up. I think we've done well. I'm going to give each one of you about two to five minutes to do your closing statement. One, if you had to talk to you as a young competitor, what would you tell yourself? 
Me or him? If I, uh, everybody. If I yeah. had to, if I had to talk to me as a young competitor, um, that I guy think, that people were telling you don't do it, it can't be done. What would you tell that guy right now if you were able to have that conversation? The same thing. I'm, I guess I'm telling myself now is don't listen to him. Um, yeah, definitely don't. Yeah, I guess that would be it. Is uh, if you if you have a goal, don't let anybody get in the way of that goal. Don't let any negative thought or anything get in the way of that goal. When you fail en route to that goal, that's fine. Um, and maybe you'll meet that goal one day, maybe you won't. But either way, you're going to get better in the process. And to me, that's what it's all about. So that's what I would say. Nice. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, you got one body. Take care of it. If you want to train when you're Jasper and James's age, uh, definitely listen to your body. Uh, going hard all the time isn't healthy for anybody. I don't care what age you are. Uh, and when you're injured, take time to rest. Tap early, tap often. When you're caught, Amen. There's no uh, no pride in, in in you know being tough. Um, getting injured and getting hurt just to prove you were prove you were tough is the stupidest thing I can think of. And I I, I see no dignity in that at all. Um, you know, take take every loss and lesson as a learning experience. It never really measures your self worth or your skills as an athlete because everybody else on the IBJJF circuit works their ass off like from blue belt up monsters even the white belts like mm-hmm. this they're just very skilled practitioners you're gonna lose reality is like i said champions are built over seasons all you can do is go back to the drawing board refine put in the work and give your all and eventually your, your day comes 100 percent um if anyone's telling you can't do something they're full of shit right like every person i've ever talked to and nudge to compete has had some level of success, whether they were world champions like these guys or, or not. You know, that, that's not the ultimate goal. It's always to, to measure and get a realistic view of where your application of self-defense in jiu-jitsu is really at. So definitely try it. I don't care what belt you wear. If you're a black belt and you ain't competing, that's really sad. Uh, you're setting a bad example for your students. I get people have physical issues and can't do it, uh, and that's okay too. But if you're able to, you know, Go out and set that example to your students that win, lose, or draw, it's okay. Uh, put your best foot forward and, and just always be a good example. I like that. Um, I guess I would say there's a difference between can't and won't. All right? There's some things you can't do, and that's acceptable. Now, the things you won't do, to me, that's unacceptable. All right? So I try to always to make that determination in my mind. James, is this something you can't physically do or is this something you won't do? And if it's something that you won't do, then you have a pep talk with yourself, figure that stuff out, and then go get into the can zone. Other thing I would always I would tell myself, as I've been telling myself now, understand who you are and what you're doing, right? Um, trying to move a 300-pound person when they have double your weight. Maybe you move yourself instead of move them. All right. Think about what you're doing. Make more mind-body connections. If you lose, that's not the end of the world. Learn from it. Ask the appropriate questions. I think that's the biggest thing that kills a lot of people. They put their ego first. They don't want to go to their coach or to a peer. Or, um, and I'll say this as a black belt. If you're a black belt and you're afraid to talk to a lower student, like a lower rank, but like, hey, how did you do this? Or how can I fix this? Don't, don't, don't train. And I'm not saying that as a negative. I, it's the same thing I would tell people when I was in the nursing profession. If you get to the point where you think you know everything, you're not willing to learn from somebody that's that's newer to the game than you are, get out. 
because you're going to put yourself at risk or someone else. Um, this is a combat sport. And as Professor Andrew said, like the self-defense portion, if you're not willing to learn, then you're going to get hurt. And if you get hurt, then you can't train. So why would you set yourself up for failure? Ask the questions, learn from your mistakes. Um, kind of like Luke and them said before, if I learn, then I can come back, make the adjustments, and I should always adjust up. All right? So just go out there and try. Do the best you can. Uh, for me, I'm still a new competitor. I've really only been competing a year. Uh, so I am that new competitor. Um, what I like is and what i would say is what's going on right now we've got nashville coming up in a uh, week and a half two weeks and we've got 42 competitors competing at that which is just a testament to the the academy and and the professors here we've got white belts uh the one that comes to mind the most right now is uh, james wife farah yeah. nervous as heck she's a um 40-something. 48 years old. 48 years old. Her and LaToya both. They're competing in their first competition. And That's That's awesome. They were asking, how how do I do this? Do I want to do this? And I just told them, just do it to have fun. You know, like Professor Andrew says, doesn't matter win, lose, or draw. You're going to have a good time. And it's more about the preparation than the actual outcome of of what happens at the end there. not to resolve. Yeah, so... Thing. Again, that's what I would say is just go try it once and see if it's for you or not. It may or may not be, but that's fine. At least try. Cool. All right, guys. I had a wonderful time. We are outside because it was Jasper's idea, and I kind of like this. Yeah, it's um, nice out here. We had some, we had some sticks. Like um, Jasper and I had some sticks and a little bit of drink. We had a, Get the guitar. The, the, yeah. old, the old man my corner. Yeah. This, this room is divided. <laughs> see, we got this side down here. <laughs> and we got the healthy side over there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what I will say is, once again, if you are in the Clarks Montgomery County area, if you're thinking about getting into combat sports, we have plenty of great schools in this area. I just happen to be a little bit biased. If you're looking to come somewhere where the doors are open and the people are friendly, if you want to get into a place where, like I've kind of talked about it and joked about it before, is jujitsu for everyone? No. And yes, if you come and try to identify what jujitsu you need, we're going to try to help you find what you need so that you can grow in that art. All right? Whether it's jujitsu, whether it's judo, whether it's wrestling, whether it's... Um, striking being boxing or muay thai or just strength and conditioning we have a fix for you the first three are on me come in see me or any one of our wonderful staff that we have here and we're going to try to help you out if you're listening and you like it do us a favor share it tell people to listen to the podcast we want it to grow and reach out also we have something that you want to hear us talk about or if you have a comment send it in we'll read it we'll talk about it we may even do it on the air All right. Um, The next one we're going to talk, the next podcast, we're going to talk about how we did at Nashville. So we're going to follow this one up with results. Um, Trying to get Micah and them to show up there. So if they show up, we'll be doing some live feeds from there. So you'll get to see what we're doing, get to see us in our game faces and how everything is going from there. Um, And then if not, the next episode, we're going to actually have physical therapists, our strength and conditioning coach, and some of the other ones to come. Um, We also just forecast and we're going to do one with our kid competitors so if you're liking this the thread we're on 
um, let us know, like it, comment, and then we'll grow and go from there. Um, gentlemen, it was a pleasure, a true pleasure. I had a great time tonight. Um, Thank you very much for, for everyone having that's me. listening. You guys have a wonderful night, and we'll see you on the mats. Oh, <laughs>